Welcome to The Nest Show, the podcast that brings you insights into the crypto market, trading and investment experiences, and what we're looking forward to as we navigate the space together. Before we get started with the show, I want to thank our friends and sponsors over at PrimeXPT, where many of our listeners have already signed up to trade by visiting theburbnest.com slash PrimeXPT. PrimeXPT is the most powerful trading platform offering immediate access to over 30 assets. Users may trade cryptocurrencies, Forex, commodities, stock indices, and much more, all from a single Bitcoin settled account. And now for the show. What the Nest Show is. This is a podcast brought to you by the Burb Nest community, an independent crypto and forex centered trading community built to sharpen each other in capturing opportunities in the markets while protecting capital along the way. What this is not trading advice. We are not financial advisors, and you should not regard any information here or in the Nest Club as financial advice. You should always consult a licensed financial advisor before making any financial decisions. Hey everybody, it's Adrian, CryptoBurb here, and uh, welcome to today's very special episode of the Nest Show podcast. Uh, you know, it's been quite a while uh, since we actually just had the podcast, you know, on a very, on a very regular basis. Uh, because you know there was uh, there was the Christmas time before uh, you know we we had pretty much like a strong pressure uh, on our shoulders for the development within the nest. But I'm very happy that we are actually just back on tra- back on the track with regards to our uh, podcast sessions, podcast episodes. And today I'm having a very very special guest for a couple of reasons. Uh, he's also this this guest, this very special person, is also. Uh, having Polish roots, which makes it even more intriguing for me actually to, uh, you know, to interview him further on. But uh, just to give you a very good start, welcome to today's very special episode, Simon Bogdanovich of YFDI, who is the head of Grove. Welcome, Simon. How is it going? Good, going well. Thank you so much for uh, having me. Dziękuję bardzo for being here. And uh well, it's, um, you know, I was actually born in Europe, born in Poland, and uh, grew up there till I was, you know, about six years old before moving to America, but, uh, you know, family living in Europe, so uh, real pleasure. Yeah, very good to hear that, and, you know, I'm, I've, I've always been inspired by, by very strong Polish people, uh, and, uh, and I was also very kind of like sad about how few of them we see in the world, you know, in the, in the global sort of like positions. So I'm even, I'm even happier and more impressed to see, you know, just leading the growth for such an amazing project and company like YFDI, because we, uh, we both probably agree that the DeFi scene within the cryptocurrency industry, cryptocurrency and blockchain industry, this is something that is actually getting, uh, like a very strong push right now. And, uh, I'm actually having like a very good portion of uh, of very intriguing questions that I actually personally want to ask. And how about we start off and kick it off from the first one, which goes after uh, what's led you into the YFDI to commit to the growth department? Yeah, no, it's a great question. I, you know, I was actually initially introduced to YFDI around October timeframe. So about a month after the, uh, the initial launch um, and um, sort of speaking with Phil, their um, wife die in early November, uh, looking at different ways to get, you know, more involved. So I think that, um, you know, I, 
have been quite involved in, in DeFi or since you know last spring, and I've been in greater blockchain and in cryptocurrency in general, you know, heavy as in since you know mid 2017. Prior to that, had my foray into you know Bitcoin through um, you know through other means and, and friends and just understandings of it. I think you know DeFi in particular really plays on what I believe is really one of the big catalysts for um, adoption and democratizing finance. I wanted to really get involved in you know a, a particular project that I believe in, and that's what really led me into my position as head of growth at, at YFDI. So. Why head of growth really? Really all interplays with my unique background. So I started off uh, working on Wall Street at the Royal Bank of Canada in mergers and acquisitions, very hard skills, traditional finance, working um, across a number of different industries and uh, health services, um, including uh, consumer technology. And then after that, I forayed my career into um, big enterprise. And then beyond that, um, you know, working in New York City and in California, worked for a couple of Silicon Valley outfits. Main was actually purchased by a Belgian company. Um, I was working for a company called Strongview at the time, was purchased by a company called Celligent. Um, they were looking to kind of refresh their team and their operations and go a little bit, bit more mid, mid-tier uh, from an enterprise perspective, clientele perspective. And my old career was really focusing on the Fortune 500, Fortune 1000 for enterprise technology solutions um, across a number of different you know, solution sets, finance, accounting. Uh, marketing, omnichannel marketing solutions, things like that. How to analyze where customers are coming in and out of, uh, how to engage them, how to keep them as a client, how to increase lifetime value, everything else. And so I, I developed a great skill set and understanding of all these different industries and and really what the head of growth really means, right? Around you know being able to work with a company and grow them across all different operations, from marketing and partnerships to business development. Uh, growing the the team around you of, of of you know third party vendors as well as the actual team members that you're looking to hire, things like that. And so, my uh, agency that I founded in 2017, along with a co-founder, uh, Block Team, was all about uh, helping early stage startups in that were blockchain projects and helping them grow across really three main fields of of growth that we called it: uh, marketing, operations, and uh, basically, you know, um, investor readiness. So helping them with all of their market materials for, for investment and the roadshows, but also helping them with uh, client acquisition, with the website, um, community building. So you kind of name it like a, a hands-on accelerator, if you will. Um, past companies I've worked with in that capacity uh, are some recognizable names, Open Platform, Gameflip, um, Unibright, Tradove, Patron, Akudo, a blockchain privacy app, uh, privacy, blockchain privacy um, out of Japan called Chorus and even uh, Web 3.0 infrastructure um, with a company called Versus that's still doing very well. And so finding on my talents and knowing that I really want to focus in on DeFi as what I feel is really one of the big catalysts to really grow mainstream adoption. But yet it is still very nascent. It is still very young and is very quite confused. You know, it's quite confusing, especially for people that are not in crypto and even those that are, you know, wrapping your head around Bitcoin, Ethereum is one thing, but then getting into understanding the whole ecosystem of DeFi and what opportunities unlocks is, is a completely another realm. And so um, I feel like very well positioned to be where I am now today. Yeah, come on, Simon. I mean, 
I didn't want to interrupt because there was like a serious, you know, like a shots, couple of shots, stream of shots of amazing achievements and amazing successes and milestones actually within your career. So uh, like being here for the growth, leading the growth in the wife that just seems like a natural continuation of what you've been doing, you know, for years. So I just want to congratulate you on that because I think this is a huge achievement uh, to actually participate in the on the organic, you know, just development, uh, creating the, well, the future of finance. However, however we look at it, let's be real. And uh, I'm actually, while being very impressed, I'm, um, I'm even more impressed and uh, pretty much like intrigued by what YFDI, you know, offers for, for the mission and the actual sort of like a vision part, right? Uh, we've been like per YFDI and myself as, as CryptoBurb, uh, we've been in a very good relationship. We've been in a very good partnership, uh, sort of like relationship, as I said. And, uh, you know, I can see the work that is being put uh, behind all the releases that is being put behind all of the projects that are coming out, all of the DeFi pretty much like, you know, just services and offers. I mean, this is, this is definitely, uh, this, this is definitely, you know, one of the most legit projects I've seen in years in the space. And I just wanted to, to be very clear for, for all of the listeners and viewers. And if we take a moment, if that's okay, Simon, if we take a very short moment to focus on the mission and, uh, and vision for YFDI, like why would you say YFDI is different than the, than the competitors? Like what's unique in the mission and vision? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, it, you know, I think it's really the mission and vision of the, of the team and of the project that really drew me to be able to, uh, you know, accept a position and, and work with the team with um, the wife die as a project here. So, um, you know, I think one of the, and I think the mission and vision is or at least a mission and how we're going about architecting, architecting our own DeFi ecosystem is quite synonymous with uh, how we differentiate ourselves from, from others. So with that being said, really our mission and our vision is to really bridge the chasm between uh, blockchain and legacy financial systems by offering a really safe and secure environment for you know veterans and crypto and newcomers alike, but doing it in a way that is very transparent, uh, is very secure um, with um, an understanding that we are building an entire ecosystem of solutions. We're not just um, looking at uh, putting out services around staking and farming, um, you know, just taking farming and, and a few others that, you know, kind of everyone in DeFi knows. So that being said, we do have products obviously for staking farming. We also have our own decks in, um, in SafeSwap. We have actually um, Safe Trade, which is an automated trading bot that, you know, folks can download as well. And you can like look back at historicals and see how well the averages are there. Uh, we're also launching um, soon, uh, very soon this month, Safe Predict as well. You know, you can look at, you know, predicting, um, you know, the prices of a couple of the major uh, cryptocurrencies and eventually including our own. And we're also launching um, our own Launchpad incubator as well, which is, you know, quite imminent that we've have it, had in the works for quite a few months. Um, in addition to all that, you know, rounding out the DeFi ecosystem, the other areas, elements that you really need is really around, you know, borrowing, borrowing, lending, um, insurance, and then um, eventually, you know, fiat, crypto, on and off ramps, and and even um, you know, credit cards and debit cards, you know, for people to utilize as well. So, those are all part some of our innovations to come. Some are in the near term, some are in a 
are in, you know, our longer roadmap, but um, I think we are very well positioned from a team. We have 14 developers alone. They're just working on development of the product. And then from a business sense uh, or wider um, team, including uh, everyone else that's non-technical, uh, we have, you know, now I, I believe between 30 to 35, you know, full-time folks. So, um, so it all plays into, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day. The DeFi uh, space is going to be built or really led by the leaders that have transparency and safeguards in it. And um, the original mission, as you know, of YFDI was always, is always around, you know, preventing rug pulls. And for newcomers that understand, don't understand what rug pulls are, you know, the preventing, you know, setting up a system that prevents a fraudulent projects or any kind of fraudulent activity from ever happening. And because of our, you know, our, our time sensitive, you know, smart contracts and our, um, you know, our really transparency around um, audit of smart contracts and our own audit, you know, that was conducted by blockchain consilium um, and our transparency reports that we produce, produce every month of where tokens are going and why things like that. Um, that's very attractive because that's going to help uh, with regulation of the space um, on a global scale, but obviously that's going to be localized to um, various nation states. So uh, doing things right, doing things by the book, uh, but also at the same time leading in, in a way that sets the example for regulation is is very important. And that's what we're doing with YFDI. Yeah, I mean, it definitely, it definitely sounds, you know, uh, very much, very much security oriented. Right, and just like you said, YFDI, uh, which is I think very needed in the space, is supposed to provide the actual sort of like you know just um, insurance, so that whatever uh, whatever DeFi project actually comes along, you know, this is not pretty much like let through uh, as the you know if it if it raises some some questions, you know, on the on the potential rug pull side, right? We we don't really like speaking from my perspective of uh, as an investor as a trader. You know, uh, of course, you know, have been have been a victim, you know, for to to many many rug pulls, right? Uh, be it in the early days, especially when I didn't really have, you know, more of the uh, much uh, much of the analytical skills, you know, be it in the fundamental analysis or technical analysis. Uh, but long story short, those projects would probably always appear. But the only way for the entire crypto industry and especially DeFi. Being you know sort of like self-controlled or organically managed you know by the uh, by the decentralized units, uh, I think we need to keep doing as the whole industry you know copy what actually Wavedai is doing, right? And uh, the security orientation, uh, which is far more, uh, which should be far more important than the actual profit itself, you know, which many 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 projects get it wrong. This is the only way to develop this in the long term. This is the only way to attract institutional investors because institutional investors are looking for the infrastructure for the security, right? To allocate the bigger money in that. So with uh, with so many rug pulls, you know, that's definitely sort of like pushing away the bigger money, uh, you know, from staying within the DeFi scene. And I'm very happy that you know uh, that I see how successfully and how well Wyda is actually managing that. So well done. Um, Thank you. Yeah, I want to I want to touch upon uh, a couple of more points, Simon. And uh, there is this sort of like uh, I call that under the investors corner right now. Uh, but uh, before I personally hop into the chart and see you know what's cooking in the chart for Wi-Fi, 
I'd love to hear about some, uh, you know, some beans being spilled over the short-term and long-term plans for, for YFDI uh, for 2021, if you can reveal any. That's, uh, that's what everyone always asks, right? <laughs> and, and that's important, right? Because it's um, just like in anything, it's, it's about the growth. It's about the development. It's, it's about where we're going, you know, where we're going more so than where we are today or where we've been, right? That's the point of life. So that being said, let me tell you a little about a little bit of the exciting announcement that we just have had, and then we can get into like some of the more long-term or yeah, some of the long-term uh, developments and things. But uh, and, and and short term, but you know, just this um, past week um, or week and a half, we listed on two new exchanges, uh, Gate.io and Bbox. So we're very excited about that. Obviously, it presents more liquidity options for our current um, users and holders of YFDI, and and obviously, you know, working with those uh, exchanges, we're looking to bring on their communities and to participate and learn about YFDI and. And you know, beyond just holding the token, um, really participate in all of our suite of solutions and understand that the, as a community-centric DeFi ecosystem, there is value in, in getting in early, and it's, it's still early, getting in early and holding your token, and you'll be rewarded and compensated accordingly with you know, in, in staking and farming and, and so on and so forth, um, the longer you hold um, your wife die token. And so we have to always, you know, Make sure you bring that up because it's. I think it's you know going to be quite different than just doing an airdrop here and there, uh, just just because just to get you know people involved. So that being said, some of the near near term uh, you know kind of developments that I can speak to is like one um, is a really refresh to our website. You know, I would say it's the our next iteration of the website's coming out to be. Uh, it's going to be launching this month. It's going to be multilingual. We, um, the style of it is really going to be bridging um, bridging the gap much to our mission, bridging the gap between kind of crypto veterans and newcomers. Um, you know, we're looking to uh, make it so it's very sound from a UI, UX perspective, um, user interface, user experience, uh, making sure people understand, okay, what is YFDI? Why should I, you know, be you know, involved in the ecosystem? Um, a big education portal as well, uh, educating everyone about you know how DeFi works. Um, here's the onboarding to get to know all the different you know solutions. Um, you know, driving people also through our website into our different communi communication channels, where we have like myself or others on the team and, and moderators that are full time to be able to answer any questions and and um, raise your hand for any support that anyone needs. Um, you know, develop, developing that out. Uh, we're also launching this month um, and is com have completed um, Safe Predict. Uh, I think I mentioned that earlier. It's our own DAP. You know your ability to predict the price of BTC and and ETH and um, and other cryptos eventually as well coming up. And there's a surprise partnership that'll be coming around that as well. So I can't speak to that too much, but that's going to be announced this month. Um, we also had our first governance vote. Um, not sure if you saw. We're actually are tabulating the vote right now. Um, I feel like it's gonna be a yes, but we'll see this um, vote, it's going to introduce the um, the safe swap token. You know, safe swap again is our DEX. Um, it'll have the liquidity, it's a really liquidity provision uh, token um, that also crowns access to, to governance. Uh, I think it's really important to, to bring up from a governance perspective because, you know, it's, um, 
there's going to be um, NFTs involved as well. So when thinking about how to take a snapshot of like everyone that's holding your token, and um, let me take a step back to participate in the vote, you needed to hold um, at least two YFDI tokens uh, in your wallet or multiple wallets, or you have to be staking them or farming them. So in order to have that happen, we have to utilize NFTs uh, to not require anyone from drawing, you know, from uh, pulling out and, and drawing out, um, withdrawing from staking or farming to be able to actually vote. Um, but, you know, with SafeSwap, just like with any deck, decks, liquidity is key, right? So there's income is provided and rewarded to YFDA holders, stakers, and farmers, which which are responsible for a large portion of the YFDI uh, token burn mechanism. So obviously, we have a um, you know token a decreasing token mechanism, be decreasing supply, and obviously uh, increasing the value of the token with price appreciation. So um, it's a big win-win-win for everybody involved, including the liquidity providers, um, the and the uh, SST token will also um, go you know be um, utilized in different ways and will allow folks to receive airdrops as well. Um, so kind of further rewarding those that are, um, that are part of our ecosystem. So I think that's, that's very important. Um, and we had a good, pretty good turnout. We have, um, you know, over 700, um, folks like at least at the beginning of the voting that held two or more YFDI, um, you know, about 50% of them were actually voting. Um, and, you know, I, I believe that, you know, at that time, now it's probably over 50% that actually voted. Like I said, we just closed the voting, but we're very excited about that. Um, some other things that are coming out beyond that is, uh, you know, we're going to be launching our lending and borrowing as well soon. Um, so I can say that. Um, our insurance product, you know, being full disclosure, uh, is delayed a little bit because we are trying to figure out which partners that we want to work with to exactly launch an insurance product from. Um, if people say, you know, DeFi is really a, a nascent young place, then you can imagine, you know, DeFi insurance in, in decentralized finance is even younger, right? So it, you have to be very careful on um, how you roll out those kind of products. And um, and then I think the other, you know, the big part pieces is uh, is Launchpad, right? And our, our incubator. So we've signed on, on our first two clients. Uh, we have to actually turn down a vast majority of them because they didn't meet our strict criteria that we have for uh, working with us from an incubator and launch perspective. Um, obviously, everyone knows the success that um, token pre-sales have had. So this is anyone that's listening, your chance to to get involved in 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 pre-sales by being part, you know, by being a part of uh, the YFDI community and participating in Launchpad. So that's very important. Uh, our first Launchpad project is going to launch in the next two weeks. So I think that's very important. Um, the keys to remember really with, with our launchpad is that all projects are fully audited. Tokens are locked in time-release smart contracts. Um, this really minimizes the chance of projects to fail under our watch. But of course, projects, just like any company, can always fail. But you know, at least you know that now that they're rug-proof. There can't be a project that's going to you know, take, take your money and then disappear like you, we've seen a lot, especially uh, last year, and of course, it's going to keep happening on some of these platforms that don't have the same protections like we do. So I think the returns are going to be very rewarding. Anyone staking or farming YFDI will receive an, uh, an allocation uh, for the Launchpad uh, projects that are listing. And um, that's going to breed success in the uh, with the incubator and success with their market cap and our market cap as well. So 
I think it's all very important. Um, and then some of the things I'm working on personally is really around um, the marketing, uh, is really around getting you know, uh, both crypto community and traditional uh, community, you know, really non-crypto adoption to take place. Um, that starts with more interviews, you know, like this, um, AMAs. Um, we have to get into more uh, mainstream media publications, you know, the Forbes Inc. Um, entrepreneur of, of the world uh, to be able to, you know, kind of sound our voice. Here we are. Um, given my background in Wall Street and then big enterprise technology, I also have a lot of ties into, um, you know, the institutional world, right? And the centralized finance, um, you know, players that we have too. So being able to, where appropriate, uh, inst- you know, bring, you know, institutionalize a, f- a few things, but with always having that community-centric mindset and always thinking that, you know, saying that, hey, we were created really to dem- democratize finance, right? And so we are never going to look to do something to uh, to sacrifice that. So those are some of the things. Uh, obviously, there's a lot more than that. Um, and then you can obviously always look at our marketing materials um, to, to see what's down in the roadmap further on. But those are some of the things I can share right now. Yeah, I mean, thank God I've been staking, you know, why nice is they're very actually large. So <laughs> that's all, all that all that you just shared is like, you know, uh, convincing me more and more that I should just stake in more and more because, uh, you know, all of the all of the developments and actually what you've just brought. Uh, I was I was only partially I was only partially kind of like aware of that, of course, because um, I'm very happy to be collaborating with YFTI uh, on the official sort of like basis. Uh, but of course, you know, whatever, whatever is uh, sort of like just comes from the original like idea creators like yourself, right, for the growth or what's going in and then happening within the team. I mean, that's that's very confidential, of course. So uh, I'm still I'm still very, you know, very, very impressed with what you just shared. And this just tells me, you know, that. To what extent YFDI is serious about the actual mission and vision? Because we are talking about uh, not only listening, you know, to the people. We are not talking about improving the website, about you know, just going and providing this amazing opportunity for for the incubator itself, right? For the launchpad. I mean, the entire DeFi DeFi scene, uh, you know, just watched through the perspective of YFDI. You know, this is just actually getting started, and we are talking about a huge acceleration. So again, big congratulations and kudos for that. Thank and, you. Uh, I, was, I wanted to mention one more thing, I think, because I think Launchpad is going to be super critical and something that I think everyone should keep in mind really is around our partners are on launch, are around Launchpad. So like, I want to tell you that real quick. So you may already know this, but I'm not sure if your audience does, is that we partner with DuckDAO on funding for Launchpad. DuckDAO is, you know, maybe if not the top or one of the very top, um, you know, kind of funding in, in incubators in the DeFi space and have had, you know, major successes with uh, with linear, with Bondly, with um, GQ, with pools, and and so on and so forth. So they're, they're fantastic. We also work with Fearum Network and the Foundry. Uh, so that makes our launchpad very strong. Obviously, very rec- recognizable names for those that know, um, you know, and know kind of have been following the space around, you know, um, just launching new projects in DeFi. And um, and also SafeSwap is a member of SIPA, so we bring transparency and safety to the place as well. So we're always looking to partner and anger ourselves with those that will continue to further and strengthen our mission and vision. And um, we're always very open on what's happening in that regard. Um, 
as much as we can be without kind of leaking details that might, mm-hmm. you know, uh, drive up the price too much. <laughs> I, w- I wish, I wish, I wish so that there, there was more, but, uh, you know, that, that definitely sounds good. I'm also very good friends with Ryan, you know, with VN uh, of Flare Network. So I perfectly know that we are talking about very, very strong connections, very strong backup. So this just gives a very, very strong conviction, you know, regarding the the future of, of YFDI. And actually, while speaking of future of YFDI, let me actually just jump and share a couple of thoughts regarding the more technical aspects. For myself, being the certified technical analyst, I've been watching in a YFDI for a uh, for a long time already. And as I said, I've been staking that uh, perfectly well since the very, very launch. So, um, you know, I'm not only happy because of the massive, massive, pretty much like returns, of course, uh, because we are talking about the returns, you know, that that actually came and started regarding, you know, just those, uh, those, those periods. But more, more importantly, uh, just watching, you know, watching YFDI from the strictly perspective, uh, strict perspective of technical analysis, we are looking at a very strong and major uptrend, right? This is this is unquestionable. We are walking, we are looking at the uptrend that is actually accelerating. You know, the trend lines. If you uh, just the trend lines themselves, if you actually look at that, right? If we connect all the all the sort of like swing lows, the the bounce points, they literally and apparently seem to accelerate, right? You would see acceleration with uh, the trends getting steeper, right? With every single bounce that actually proceeds. And uh, what does it tell me? It does tell me that YFDI is accelerating, right? The price development is accelerating in whenever the price trend, the trend line is getting steeper. It just tells that we are pretty much like following the more vertical, uh, more and more vertical sort of like a progression. So that is, uh, well, speaking from the technical point of view itself, from the momentum perspective, this is very bullish, right? Uh, for those who actually uh, may have been watching some of my uh, pretty much like, you know, just podcast featureings, or, you know, I was invited to a couple of interviews, I was talking about YFTI and uh, about this sort of like a big reaccumulation or consolidation range that was happening, right? And I was talking about the opportunities, you know, when we were actually just pumping through for the uh, through 2,500, as far as I can recall. I was talking about reaccumulating and regetting the base around $2,000 and how uh, undervalued, in my opinion, still $2,000 levels between 2,400 and 2,800, you know, it was. And apparently, well, I was right, but... Uh, I'm even happier, not because I was right, but because I'm actually well invested in YFTI. So uh, this just adds another confluence. You know, we have seen this perfect retest of the resistance then and a local local throwback uh, to retest the, the sort of like local resistances that turned out uh, to be, uh, to play the role uh, after breaking, you know, to play the role of the supports. Uh, and here we are looking at a very similar sort of like a, a setup. We are looking at the actual breakout retest situation. We have seen the breakout already, right? This is a breakout above the major consolidation zone. And the consolidation zone, just, just so that everybody can follow, you know, again, we are talking about $2,000 range, right? $2,000 training range, training bound. This technically sets us for the potential breakout uh, the target being equal to the range, uh, to the size of the range, to the base size, right? So uh, based on the technical analysis itself, we could anticipate the levels around $6,000 for YFDI 
which Phil also perfectly knows about it because uh, I, I spoke, you know, spoke to Phil many times about it, and I'm quite convinced we see a six thousand dollars, you know, for Wi-Fi uh, within the next couple of weeks, perhaps months. But with the uh, with the bullish catalyst, you know, from the fundamental point of view, which you just shared, Simon, I think this is actually going, uh, you know, going to go there sooner than later, and. Uh, from the, again, technical point of view, we're seeing perfect breakout retest, right? This is a consolidation. This is the consolidation after an actual breakout. The breakout direction tells us about uh, the anticipation of Fed trend continuation, right? So the breakout to the upside suggests that we are continuing the trend. And uh, it just looks to me, you know, that whatever whatever sort of like price action we uh, we occur to see within this those those bands between 4,000 and 40, uh, 4,900, now, I think this is literally going to perfectly take us towards 6,000 whenever we see it claimed on a daily level. You know, whenever a daily session closes through, through the resistance of all-time highs, I think the $6,000 is, is sort of like, you know, potentially available. And this is just speaking of, um, of the pure technical analysis, you know, within the sort of like a short-term to medium-term. But if we look at that from the higher, higher time frame perspective, now let's actually wind up. Um, let's actually wind up the uh, the Fibonacci extensions. Um, where do we have them? Mm -mm 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 -mm. There we go. Right. We just want to see an actual trend that is starting in here, anchored in here, and the actual extensions, you know, uh, that are providing us targets, potential targets uh, around. Uh, well, the next Fibonacci sort of like levels, Fibonacci based levels. That are placed and located within, as you can perfectly see, you know, 1.68618 uh, uh, Fibonacci extension with the golden ratio added on top of that, which places us around 6,500. Then another one, uh, 2.618, uh, which is pretty much around, you know, 9,600. So those are the levels that I want to see uh, in the definitely in the in the longer future, right? 6,000 is definitely, as we know. Uh, achievable within the next weeks, next months. But, uh, you know, as we proceed and as the bull market develops across the crypto market, well, who knows? There is also $12,000, right? But uh, overall, the main takeaway is that we are locally consolidating in the preparation and in the anticipation of the retest of uh, and the test of the $6,000, perhaps $6,500. It just gives us some potential sort of like a resistance cluster uh, for, for the anticipated targets. But long story short, I mean, there is nothing bearish about what I'm just looking at the chart right now. So uh, this just confirms and perfectly aligns, you know, what, what Simon uh, shared, you know, from the fundamental point of view. Uh, and from what I'm looking from the technical point of view at, uh, this just all comes together perfectly, right? And uh, Let's actually let's actually uh, get back to um, to uh, to continue within the within the uh, Fed questions, if you don't mind. Uh, now that we've introduced sort of like incentives, you know, that may attract new investors, there are still um, people who are new to the scene, just like you shared. Like we want to go mainstream, we want to go global, right? Reach out to brand new, uh, brand new communities, those uh, from the inside of crypto and outside of crypto. So how would you convince those? Like, why should anybody get YFTI? 
Yeah, that's, that's a great, great question. And th there's a lot of options, right? And then every day, every week, there's continue to be more options. Um, but I think with any early stage company, um, even more importantly, with any early stage, any, you know, uh, blockchain project, crypto project in, in general, really the strength is all in the team first. And so it, the strength is in the um, development. Um, it's in obviously in our, in our end with in the tokenomics in making sure that everyone understands um, what um, what the to tokenomics represent, um, understanding that, you know, although there is, you know, that the YFDI token actually has a token burn mechanism. So we're actually working down to under 14,000 tokens, um, you know, versus, you know, from 21,000, um, which obviously help and things like that. Um, you know, from a staking perspective and, and whatnot, and um, we have, you know, APY annual percentage yield of 72% a year. And, um, you know, with our tokenomics, you know, with 70% fix, you know, that, that should last for at least 1.5 years based on our projections. So we still have a long way to go on that. And that just started the last fall, right, with that projection. Um, and again, these rewards will be replenished with profit shares and also launchpad tokens. So you're building multiple, um, you know, streams of income, you know, with by just by holding the YFDI token, um, and by holding the token, then you're going to be getting access to that launchpad incubator. You'll be able to participate in the pre-sales uh, that we have, that have that the strict adherence to to you know security audits and um, and token locks that we talked about. Um, and doing a full audit, you know, beyond security audit, you know, auditing even, you know, the, the team, you know, the vision, uh, making sure that tokenomics is sound, really full service around that from an advisory and um, understanding standpoint. Like we turned down, you know, I, at this point, I think it's probably 95 to 98% of projects, right, that have come to us <laughs> to even be consideration for, uh, for our launch pad because we have to be picky. And then um, if the uh, SafeSoft token is approved, then those holding it will be eligible for airdrops similar to you know what Uniswap has done and, and more that I can't disclose right now. So um, so you know, we just you know, from our contract, we allocated tokens to the contract upon launch of staking. And um, the longer you hold, the more rewards you're eligible for. Um, and so, you know, even if you're just starting and thinking about like, hey, let me start staking now. You know, or am I too late? It, you know, it, it's not too late. Just, I mean, just look at, I always tell people go back to, um, you know, the the value locked up in DeFi currently, which I don't know what it's at right now. It's like 35 billion or something. Compare that to the centralized finance industry, which is $24 trillion, right? So centralized finance, $24 trillion locked up in financial services. We are under 50 billion. So what what is that 0.01 percent yeah. there is a huge amount of opportunity here um of course different regulations are going to be rolling out and as countries going to roll out with um their own you know central bank digital currencies and things like that um you know there'll be nuances that we will face just like any industry but you know it, it's never been a better time i think in history to really you know really you know robin hood um, the, yeah. uh, the finance world to be like, Hey, you can make it too. You know, I think it's, you know, that they have that old saying like, Hey, you know, always looking to strive here in the, in the United States or whatever about the American dream. Right. I think the American dream now is really the global dream, right? It's like, Hey, you have, you know, the dream of, of freedom, right. A global freedom. 
in terms of uh, being able to unchain yourself from the centralized finance system, um, be able to create your own wealth, um, the creator economy in general, right? Those that are creating products or are influencers on Instagram, this and that, they are all driving this community, right? Everyone wants to, everyone's going to have a voice, your data, your person, your, um, your information, how you spend your time all matters. And now it's rewarded, you know, by being able to um, monetize that, you know, through, in, including through, uh, you know, crypto and participating in, in DeFi, DeFi ecosystem, whether you're holding a lot of, um, you know, you're, you're holding a lot and you want to lend to somebody and then and have a much more attractive um, APY than centralized systems. Or if you're, you know, you're staking and you're, you're thinking about, you know, your bank, you look at your bank account right now and it's, you know, your money there is sitting there, your fiat money earning 0.01% a, a year. Right. Exactly. Versus, versus uh, being able to uh, go into projects where you can earn, you know, multi, 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 multi multiples of that and have security that, hey, this is it's going to be around. And of course, you know, different vari variables affect your uh, percentage yield. But I think it's a combination of those things that we understand. We recognize we have the team that will be able to, to drive the future. And I mean, I, I see YFDI as, you know, a, a top five, top three project across the whole DeFi ecosystem, you know, uh, hopefully by the end of the year, I, I think we have the strength for it. It's um, scaling is always a delicate balance, right? Because you, you need to always be building product, be building up your marketing, but also be building your people and understanding, make sure the understanding of the community and newcomers is there at the same time. So it's, it's a balancing act, but I think we have everything that it takes, all the ingredients to make that happen. Yeah, I think that's, that's perfectly said. And you know, uh, I think this is, there are reasons why YFDI, you know, was, was ranked many, many times actually as the leader within the DeFi scene, be it, you know, for the, for the crypto community sort of like strength and engagement or the actual sort of like, you know, just the, the, the market performance. I think the numbers, like we just let the numbers speak. Right. And, mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, I, it's funny that you actually refer to those bank interests, you know, because I actually saw earlier today, this, this tweet from. Uh, from a guy from uh, I don't know this guy even like on a Twitter, but uh, he just commented, uh, you know, over over some DeFi services, and he just said that, or, or you know, uh, this perfectly was uh, was addressed at Bitcoin actually, but overall DeFi scene as well involved, that he would never trust his money with with Bitcoin. He would never put the, his money into Bitcoin because he chooses to uh, to to pretty much like you know just have it keep it safe in the bank. Right, and and my my good friend CryptoDog, he's amazing influencer and amazing professional businessman. Yeah, uh, he just commented like and quoted that within with the word oxymoron. Right, this is sort of like something that uh, negates itself. Right, the the bank's money are not safe. Banks can also you know just go uh, go illiquid. You know they can be compromised. They can be hacked. Uh, and on top of that, you are earning like negative interest rates. In fact, because if you if you attach the inflation. Yeah. Uh, on top of your actual earnings, right? It all comes out that you're actually losing on that yearly. So it's sort of like uh, we are still we're still early. We're still early. We're still young for the for the uh, crypto market, but we have a lot of big supporters. We have a lot of uh, influencers. We have a lot of sort of like big big media personas, like you know, for example, Elon Musk, right? Let's take Elon Musk. I mean, he's just putting more eyes into crypto right now. And I think that we have reached, you know, as the market, this sort of like a stage of maturity, not full maturity, but the stage where 
the really big money can get involved, which is uh, completely different to what we saw in 2017. And speaking of those comparisons, let's try to extrapolate that into the future. Like, why would you say uh, in the, the kind of like, you know, uh, short message, why would you say, what would you say is the future of crypto DeFi going to look like? Yeah, um, great question. But before that, I was going to say, I think the last point I just wanted to make clear to everyone in the community is that like, um, WiveDi token holders are receive, you know, benefits and income from every single section of our business, um, safe swap exchange, everything else. So I think that's very important. So there's always something new that's coming. And across our existing services, you're always um, earning rewards and always earning income on that too as well. But in terms of the future uh, of DeFi and crypto globally, um, yeah, I think it's going to be a lot of more of the same in terms of institutional adoption, right? Um, Elon Musk and Tesla invested, what, $1.5 billion off the balance sheet. Um, I heard word that Twitter's looking to do the same as well as Uber. Um, you know, just recently MasterCard said that they'll start accepting, you know, select crypto payments across their network. I'm sure Visa's right, right behind them as well. If not, they probably, you know, uh, have, I know they've already been obviously playing in the space um, as well from a, a few different perspectives. And I have friends that, that work at Visa's too. So you get a little inside scoop on things going on where possible. Um, so more mainstream adoption is, is key, um, especially around businesses and corporations. Um, it's free market, free market enterprises, and will always be leading the way uh, for innovation beyond any government, right? I think that's important to, to realize this. It's like, it's always the open, free economic markets that will be leading the way. The regulators, um, the governments and things um, typically are playing catch up, typically trying to figure out, hey, how do we participate? Or if we don't participate, how do we tax it? Or how do we- They're kind of always fall? late. They're always late. And they're always late, right? Exactly. But we have to be careful. So I think, you know, some one, part of the future of, of DeFi and crypto is uh, more understanding for regulation. And typically when governments or those that don't understand something, uh, they're more typically, they're more prone to do harm to an industry or a certain product or service or whatnot than there is to do good. So it's really important that we have the right, um, right lobbyists, the right, um, influencers, um, you know, political influencers, the right politicians in place, like the mayor of Florida, that um, are that have a great understanding of the the potential benefits, that have understanding of how this could help their local economies and regional nationwide economies, and that are striving to build um, you know crypto hubs around the world. So I really do believe that Miami is um, a future present and future hub. Um, for our space, um, as long as the mayor is in office there and uh, is reelected. Um, there's other areas I feel that are becoming more decentralized in terms of influence, including you know Silicon Valley, because a lot of the Silicon Valley, um, you know, really thanks in large part as well to the coronavirus have been kind of spread throughout the country and throughout the world now, right? Why, why pay, you know, $4,000 for an apartment uh, when everything's closed when you can you know, live in Florida or Bali or something at a fraction of the cost and have um, more liberties and freedoms from a personal domain, uh, no matter how, how you view things uh, from a political domain. So um, that all plays into this, right? I think it's important to make, connect the dots um, and understand, you know, who are our allies in the space? What are the potential 
um, regulations and potential roadblocks we're going to hit, um, how can we prevent those um, really to get in, in, in front of it and show and be transparent, be like, hey, this is what we're doing. This is how we believe um, we should be building the space. Here's associations we're a part of that is really bridging the gap between um, you know, blockchain and, and, and DeFi in general and uh, traditional markets, just like um, you know, Enterprise Ethereum Alliance has done, EEA has done, and, and others um, you know, in Switzerland and Zug Switzerland, things like that, and, and going from there. Um, and it, it is this past year, you may have heard this, has been the biggest redistribution of wealth event in human history, uh, so much so that you know, the World Economic Forum, one of the founders there, uh, wrote a, a white paper called The Great Reset. So we have to keep those elements in mind to think, Mr. hey, how Mr. Schwab, Mr. Schwab. Mr. Schwab, so how is that going to be affecting us? And how is that going to be affecting the future? Um, as hopeful I am for a bright future, I know there's a lot of darkness that we have to get through and you know, that we have to be mindful of and we have to be careful because of censorship, because of um, increased accessibility to us, sometimes means that other forces are trying to decrease our accessibility to interplay um, our, in, in the global markets, uh, in the crypto space as well. So we have to mindfully navigate that. And um, I think the good players, the right players like YFDI and our partners uh, in the space and yourself and everything, we're doing the right thing to make sure that we, we're showing the light versus showing the darkness of, of what is possible. Yeah, I think, I think this just, uh, this is a very strong and powerful message from you, Simon, because uh, I'm actually on the very same page, you know. I can perfectly see what they are doing, you know, what the governments are doing, you know, regarding the fiat system. It's literally like a slow controlled hyperinflation and, uh, and the fiat is going down the toilet, you know, within the next couple of years, probably within the next 10 years, just pretty much like, as the Mr. Klaus Schwab, you know, just shared with it, his uh, great, the great reset, right, uh, agenda. So uh, it just tells us uh, and, con you know, convinces us of, of um, you know, how important the decentralized future and YFTI as the representative is going to be within the next months and years. And uh, I definitely want to, uh, you know, appreciate your generosity with your time. I know you are, uh, you know, you're in the big rush for, for being the leader, you know, for the growth in such an amazing company. Uh, and I would love to quote this entire sort of like a podcast with the final takeaway message from you, the final tip that you can leave our listeners and viewers with. What would that be, Simon? That's, a, that's a great. My, <laughs> I was going to make a joke, say, my tip is that there's always a million tips. Um, so you, uh -huh. <laughs> you, can, you can't follow them all. But no, I think- that's, that's all folks, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no. Um, so my, my really master tip is, is really kind of DIOR, do your own research, right? When you feel like you're uncertain about, um, you know, a, a certain, you know, project or a certain, you know, company or a certain service, you know, research it, understand what are you getting involved in, how it works and understand it versus just following the masses. So I think um, spending your own time to really internalize uh, an understanding of, of DeFi in general or, um, you know, a certain product or a certain um, company that you're looking to invest in um, is, is better than you trusting anyone else's opinion on it. And as we know, with, um, you know, with almost any piece of media today, 
there's always a bias. There's always a side. There's always a reason somebody is writing something um, in, in a certain light that's beneficial, you know, either for them or their movement or something else. So I think doing your own research um, and, and getting that comfortability to participate in the space is, is vital. But at the same time, that doesn't mean um, just doing it alone, right? Trust the community, trust in, um, in reaching out, asking questions, and always be curious. So be ambitious and curious, yet with safeguards. And that's a, a major tip to really be successful in this space and in anything that you do. I love it. I love it. I love it. That's, that's a very powerful message. And uh, I couldn't agree more with you, Simon. And uh, I truly appreciate your time. I truly appreciate your, your time and, uh, and overall efforts that you're already making within the YFDI and that you're contributing yourself to, uh, to the DeFi scene development and the crypto as we proceed. Uh, and to all the viewers and listeners, we, whatever links uh, are going to be applicable, we are make sure, going to make sure to actually attach them right in the description of the, of the, of the podcast. So make sure you, you pay attention to that. Uh, because as you know, from, from Simon, you know, there are a lot of, a lot of good, good big events coming up. So uh, you'll, you just can not really afford to miss this out. And ladies and gentlemen, Shimon, as Polish name follows, or Simon Bogdanovich, the growth leader in the YFTI has been our guest today. Uh, amazing, amazing efforts, Simon. Well done and truly appreciate your time. Thank you for being here. Yeah, thank, thank you for having me. It's been a real pleasure. So always love uh, to talk about everything we discussed and I'm excited to come back on, on your show and, and talk to you and your community again. Awesome. We'll, show, we'll make sure that happens. Thank you. That's all for today, guys. Stay safe. Cheers. Ethereum Network is an interoperable DeFi ecosystem offering token presales, staking as a service, project incubation, and much more. Visit theburpness.com slash Ferrum. DeFi Click democratizes the lending market by offering both collateralized and uncollateralized loans to everyone with cross-chain interoperability through Polkadot. For more information, visit theburpness.com slash DeFi Click. I'd like to thank our listeners for joining this episode of The Nestro. If you've appreciated the depth and breadth of what you've heard with us today, subscribe to our podcast and find our landing page at theburbnest.com. We have a vibrant Discord community which acts as our central hub of operations, and we welcome you to join us at theburbnest.com slash discord. We also offer an extensive free bulletin on emerging crypto market trends, exclusive undervalued gem reports, and in-depth expert technical and fundamental analysis at theburbnest.com slash bulletin. We always appreciate engagement from our community, which of course means liking the video and subscribing to our page, where we insist on bringing you the highest quality content available. Also, we're happy to incorporate tips and topics from our listeners and encourage you to email us at thenestro at theburbnest.com. This podcast is brought to you by The Burb Nest. Thank you and trade on.